For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded. My name is Jared Book. Joining me today is Matt Drake. Matt, how are you doing? Doing terrific. We got, we got some news. We're rolling along with the top 25. Hockey's coming back. Yeah, it's, it's it's getting into crunch time. And part of that crunch time is is signing the last free agents you have to sign. And uh, Kent Hughes didn't want to do it all in one day. So he signed Kirby Doc on Wednesday and Keaton Primo uh, on Thursday. And uh, let's just say uh, for all of the staff at Eyes on the Prize, relieved that uh, Keaton Primo was not traded um, before <laughs> appearing in the top 2525. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we weren't sure when Kevin Weeks started tweeting uh, teasers uh, throughout the, the evening on, on Wednesday night. Uh, but on Thursday, we did get a contract extension for Caden Primo, which was pretty much expected after Kent Hughes joked that he would have everybody back tomorrow um, when, when announcing the doc signing. Uh, and then uh, at that point, uh, signing Primo, who got a an interesting contract, I, I think, in, in my eyes, in that it was, it, it's the way it's formatted, the way it's it's done, makes it seem like he's not expected to really be any NHL this season, but he's still firmly the goaltender of the future. 
and the team expects him to be in the NHL uh, probably as soon as next season. Uh, what are your thoughts on 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 the contract, man? I mean, it kind of seems like basically a show me deal to me. Like it's a vote of confidence in his abilities, and they're saying, "All right, we're going to give you three years to earn that top spot in Montreal." Now, apparently, there's also the uh, the rumored Jake Allen extension coming. They said there was potentially a multi year extension coming for him. We don't know how many years. We don't know what the dollar is on that either. So it's it's hard to say for sure, but. Giving him those three years, it, it really reads to me like a show me deal. It's like, all right, well, you got this year, probably AHL uh, to go and lead the Val Rocket and try to do something special there. And next year, maybe you come up, maybe you get to back up Jake Allen. And then by year three, it's it's really, you know, earning that top spot for him. So it's 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 a vote of confidence, but it's also at the same time, I, I feel like it's kind of a show me deal. It's like, what, what do you got? What can you do during these three years to show us that you can take over that net, that you can be maybe the next carry price and that's big shoes to fill. But there was an interesting stat line that I noticed when I was this, I noticed this really when I was putting together my, my top 25 under 25 list, he put up a, a nine, three, six save percentage in his uh, playoff run with Laval last year, the last Habs goaltender to put up a nine, three, six during the playoffs with the AHL affiliate was Carey price when he won the Calder Tro- or the Calder cup with the Hamilton Bulldogs. So I'm, I'm not trying to say he's the next carry price. I'm just saying goaltenders take a little bit longer to develop than others. And I think that the organization still has faith in him. So I think that's why they were willing to hand him this three-year contract. But I also still think that there's still a, an aspect of show me in there. Because even price after he put up that 936, that was way back in uh, what, 06, 07. So he didn't immediately become the consensus starter for the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, he had that whole back and forth with the Yaroslav Halak in, in 09-10. Uh, and then he really came into his own and kind of took over the net. So I think Caden Primo has a very similar opportunity here to do kind of what Carey Price did, come up from the AHL, show what he can do, and potentially you know win that top job on a permanent basis towards the end of that contract. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up Price because um, I, Caden Primo was drafted in 2017. So... This is going to be, you know, we're in 2022, so it's five years after his draft. And it just so happened that five years after Carey Price's draft was uh, 2010-11, which is the, the, the year right after the Halak playoffs, right? Um, when when Halak was, uh, led them to the third round, when uh, Halak was uh, then traded. And, you know, Carey Price was always seen as a top, top goaltender's prospect. And even he, five years into being, you know, five full years uh, of being drafted, after being drafted, was not Carey Price yet, <laughs> right? And, and so here's Keaton Primo entering um, his his fifth year. And I, I, I'm I not saying that he, he never he never was – the kind of prospect that Carey Price was, right? Uh, no. He did have some world junior success, uh, but he was a seventh round pick. He wasn't a top five pick. Uh, and so, you know, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, he hasn't, he went to the NCAA. He uh, didn't turn pro uh, as, as, um, as quickly as, as Price did. So, you know, it's not exactly, you know, apples to apples, but it's just interesting. It goes to show that, you know, goaltenders take time. You know, look at uh, Igor Shosturkin. You know, he's he's taking time. Henrik Lundqvist was a seventh-round pick. 
uh, as well. So goaltenders, Dominic Kashuk didn't play 30 games in the NHL in one year until he was 29. Mm. <laughs> and then it became one of the best goaltenders of all time. So again, I'm not saying that he's that, but um, uh, we have to, to give it time. And I say that as somebody who had, as we talk about the top 25 under 25, who had Keaton Primo lowest <laughs> in the <laughs> ranking. Uh, I had him at, at number uh, 15 in my ranking. He ends up as number 11 overall. And for me, the reason why I had him so low is because I see his most likely scenario as being an NHL starting goaltender. And when it comes to being an NHL starting goaltender that that doesn't that isn't as valuable to me as some of the other prospects in, mm. in the top 15 uh and it's nothing against Keaton Primo I, I just couldn't believe that I was <laughs> when I saw my my numbers and actually I didn't want to correct myself I wasn't lowest uh had he saved me from being lowest he had him at 18 yeah uh so I was uh, second lowest on on Primo along with uh, right. along with Patrick, and so for, for me, when, when it comes down to to Primo, look, he had a great playoff run. I like him as a goaltender. I just don't see him as a star goaltender at this point. And if you're not a star goaltender and you're a starting goaltender, which is still pretty good, uh, I just didn't see enough to to move him up too much higher. Uh, on my ranking uh, and, and it's really has more to do about the players around him uh, than it does with Primo himself, because I still believe in him uh, as a goaltender, uh, but it's just not the, um, the, the highest uh, upside potential when, when it comes to that. And, and it, it's for me, it, it's just a, a matter of, I, we need to see this more consistently. Uh, and, and his season this year will, will really be uh, a prove-it year, especially in the AHL. Look, he can go back to the AHL. He can make his NHL salary because of the one-way contract and just kind of, you know, take his time. And, yeah. and I would I would be surprised if the Jake Allen extension, if it comes, is is more than two years. Uh, because I really think the plan is by that third year um, of the contract is to have him being the starter. Uh, I don't. I do not think Carey Price is going to come back, um, at least in a starter capacity um, on this team. He might come back, maybe, uh, but I doubt it. Just because the cap situation with this team is very tight, and I don't know if they can realistically keep him around. Um, I, I think I don't think that they're saying he's never going to come back, but I think it's unlikely at this point. Um, but when it comes to the primo, yeah, I mean, I just need to see what he did in the playoffs all year. You know, last year he was outplayed by Kevin Poulin in, in the AHL, which is not great. And he had some up and downs. He had some look. His confidence was shot uh, in the NHL. Let, let's be honest there. He's not as bad as he was in the NHL. And and I think that that affected him when he was in the AHL as well. Well, I mean that the, there there aren't many goaltenders whose confidence wouldn't be shot <laughs> playing behind that group of Montreal Canadiens last season. I mean, it's 
it stands to reason that most goaltenders would have had their their confidence shot by that. So, you know, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I'm, I'm looking, that's what I'd be looking for next year. I had him at nine in my rankings uh, because of those playoffs, really. I mean, I, I watched as many of those games as I could. And, you know, let's face it, Montreal wasn't too active in the playoffs. So it was pretty easy to get into Laval Rocket playoff games. And my boy Joshua Hawaii was there for a game even. So um, there was a, a lot of good reason to watch it. And I liked what I saw from him. You know, I like the rebound control. Uh, it looks big in his net. Uh, he's, his angles are good. Everything that I saw there, I really liked. And so I, I had to at least find room for him in my top 10. Uh, but again, what am I looking for? About the same thing that you said. I'm looking for him to have that same type of performance throughout the course of the year. Uh, it's going to be a good group in Laval, right? We know that that's going to be a strong team. They might even have the first overall pick on their roster for most of the season. So this is a team that there's definitely some expectations surrounding what they should be able to do after what they did last year and what they did in the playoffs. And they're going to be a strong roster. So what I'm looking for is, is exactly that, is for you to be able to provide that same goaltending that you provided in the playoffs. And hopefully that was his confidence coming back. Again, last goaltender to put that up for us in the AHL uh, as a Montreal Canadiens prospect was Carey Price. So I believe in him and uh, I'm, I'm hoping to see that this year. If not, I, I can tell you he's going to fall out of my top 10 next year and I might be uh, closer to where Hattie is or even lower. Yeah, exactly. Like If he doesn't have a good season in the AHL this year, uh, I, I think that we seriously have to question whether he'll be an NHL starter. Um, yeah. uh, you know, and and it's not exactly like he doesn't have to be lights out. He doesn't have to be nine thirty six for the entire season. No, but but as long as he keeps the starter's job, he is the best goalie on the team, and and is consistent. Uh, and you know you're gonna have bad games. <laughs> you know, it's gonna happen for any goaltender. Uh, but I, I think the key is yeah to to make sure that he's undisputed number one in Laval. None of this, yeah. you know, and the schedule in Laval in the AHL has it so goaltenders split duties, right? Like it's it's normal. But what I want to see is I want to see him be the undisputed number one. Where when it's game one of the playoffs, we're not wondering who's going to be the starter like we yeah. were last year. Or and, you know and, the big games, he's getting the yeah. big games. He's like those scheduled tough ones that you know are coming. That he's in net for those. It's a show me deal as much for this year as it is in year three, right? Yeah. This year, it's can you own the net in Laval? If you can do that, great. Next year, we give you a shot to come in and maybe back up Jake Allen. Year three, can you take Jake Allen's spot? Yeah, it, it, ex- exactly. And, and it'll be it'll be interesting to watch as as we get into into that. And it's kind of funny because the 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 other person that we're discussing on this on this part of the podcast is is Jesse Ullinen, and for me. They're, they're very similar in that it's getting time for Jesse Ullinen to show up as well. And, and, and I think that, you know, maybe the urgency is even a little bit more uh, apparent in, in Ullinen's um, perspective than it is in, uh, in Primo's because unlike Primo, when there's not really anybody else really on an NHL or AHL contract that's nipping at his heels, uh, when it comes to, um, when it comes to forwards, <laughs> there's a lot of forwards who are nipping at Jesse Ullinen's heels. Uh, and you know, as soon as next season, uh, you can have Joshua Hua, Riley Kidney, uh, Philip Mayshar, uh, Sean Farrell, all those guys 
heading into pro ranks. And if you're not being able to find a, a spot for yourself this year, then when those guys come, if you're not in the NHL, then you're in trouble <laughs> because those guys, they're not all going to go right to the NHL, right? There's going to be some of those guys who are going to go to Laval. And yep. the result of that is that the guys who are currently in Laval are either going to be too old to really count on or uh, they're going to be in the NHL. And, and, and Ullinen is there. And look, he's he's improved, you know, in his two seasons in Laval. You know, he uh, almost... You know, yes, there's there you know there's almost double the games because of the um, the season being longer and uh, the you know uh, the um, less injuries for him. But you know he played 14 games in the NHL. He had two goals, three assists, which is respectable considering most of those games were fourth line playing on 10 minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, and then you know in Laval, uh, 14 goals, 22 assists in 52 games, both career highs. Um. Also, you know, the 52 games was a career high as well, uh, like I alluded to. Uh, per game, a little bit lower in terms of um, in terms of his his numbers. Uh, but when it comes to uh, to him, you know, his playoffs, he had three goals, three assists, um, started slow and really came on near the end, missed the last game of the playoffs um, because of an injury. I, I just think that at this point he needs to show – that he can be a top line player in the NHL, if not a middle six player in the NHL as soon as this yes. year. Yes. And NHL is a little bit crowded. There's Mike Hoffman, there's Evgeny Dadanov, uh, there's you know, guys like uh Rem Pit Rem Pitlick, uh Uri Slavkovsky obviously is gonna be in the mix, uh Yola Armia. There, there's a lot of you know, Brendan Gallagher, there's a lot of middle six wingers in Montreal already that mm-hmm. have contracts that are gonna make it very hard for them to go to the AHL. Um, or at least make the team want them to send them to the AHL anyway. Uh, so when it comes to to Ullinen, he's probably going to start the year in, in Laval. But I would like to see, like, remember when 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 Michael Pozzetta was sent down last year, and he was one of the last cuts of the camp, mm-hmm. and then when Cole Caulfield struggled, who would they call up? Michael Pozzetta, because it was basically a point of game in Laval. I I think that that's what Ullinen will have to do. He'll have to show that he's an NHL player. And, yes. And, and, I, and I think that that's going to be, you know, I had him at eight, but it's it's a precarious <sighs> eight. You you mentioned that that Primo might be um, down in your rankings if he doesn't show up uh, this season. Ullinen might be out of the top 15 <laughs> at yeah. this point if he doesn't show up this season. So, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. But, yeah, he's a guy that really needs to step up in my mind uh, and show the potential that he has. Yeah, and he has to earn that that right to be the first guy that they call, right? I, I honestly think it's going to be a really tough sell for him to get in on day one uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. I think they've probably got some rookies that they want to give maybe the nine-game tryout, so I think he's going to get pushed to Laval right away. I think Joshua Hawaii might earn himself a nine-game tryout before he goes back to Sherbrooke. I think Riley Kidney might earn himself a nine-game tryout before he goes back to, to Bathurst. I'm not sure on the second one. I'm a little more sure about the first one. Uh, I know I talk about him nonstop, so people are probably quite aware of my feelings towards that kid. But when it comes to Alonim, I, I love his shot. Absolutely love his shot. I think that if he can earn himself that 
that, listen, as soon as we have an injury, who are we calling? If he's the first name off the top of their head that they want to call, he could have that same Pizzetta tra- uh, like trajectory that you talked about, which is he gets called up, does really well, helps them on the power play, which the power play was abysmal last year. We know that. He could help there, and he could really make himself indispensable to the Montreal Canadiens, and all of a sudden he sticks. And kind of like Pizzetta, he's just there now, and he's not going back to Laval. So I think that's really his trajectory. I think, again, it's going to be really tough for him to get in early on in the year. Like you said, there's a ton, like there's a log jam at forward. Unless they move some bodies out, I, I just don't see where he slots in right at the start of the year, especially if I'm right about them trying to keep around a couple of rookies to give him that tryout without burning a year of their ELC. Um, especially on the right wing, you got Cole Caulfield, Josh Anderson, they're locks. Brendan Gallagher's a lock. Evgeny Dadanov, pretty much a lock to be on the roster. Yoel Armia is even there as well, right? So Ilonen might need to make himself a little bit more versatile. Like, look, I can play left. Yeah, Whatever I, he needs to do to earn himself, again, that when when Marty St. Louis has a guy go down and he goes, damn it, I, I need a body. Who am I going to call? He needs to be top of mind. He needs to be, he needs to have a performance that makes him undeniable as the first person that gets that call uh, and takes it, you know, a little Metro ride from Laval over to Montreal. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be interesting because I think that he's someone that, that can really benefit under Martin St. Louis as well, because I don't think that if he's called up, they'll just automatically play him nine minutes a game. Uh, I think that they'll put him on the power play, play put him in a place to yeah. succeed. And it really depends because they have a lot of forwards that are going to be uh, a lot of forwards that are going to be, uh, you know, on the power play, <laughs> you know, like you have guys that are power play specialists for the most part, you know, guys like uh, Sean Monaghan is, is great on the power play. Christian Dvorak is, is great on the power play. Like, those are guys that are, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think is top six guys, but they're power play guys. Uh, yeah. and, and it's going to be very interesting to see where they fit in. Um, and one, you know, mentioning Monaghan, one thing that is interesting is that um, there, there could be injuries to start the year, right? There could be a spot for one or two wingers because Monaghan might not be ready, because Drouin might not be ready uh, to start the season. And yeah. and that doesn't only open a spot on the opening day roster. It opens up a spot on top lines during preseason and we saw mm. um just a few years ago what happened when max domi got suspended and he was back for the regular season but his suspension meant that on the second line yesperi kakinemi stepped up and earned himself a spot on the team with his training camp and, and i think that that's something to watch especially as camp opens because you know there's already questions about you know, Paul Byron, uh, about Monaghan and Joanne. Those are three guys that are kind of penciled in, right? Uh, when when everyone's healthy. So if if you take uh, if you take say Joanne's spot on the left of Doc or or probably uh, Dvorak, you put Ulan in there, and right away there's an opportunity for him to stick out. And, and I think that that's something to, and not just him, but you mentioned Joshua Hua, obviously Uri Slavkovsky. You know, the guys that are, are going to get looks there are going to be guys, you know, even Raphael Harvey-Pinard uh, is going to be another guy who is going to be in that that conversation, right? So 
I think that that's going to be very interesting to watch and to see who gets what opportunities uh, is going to be interesting to me because if, mm-hmm. you know, if they put say Ulanen and Harvey Pinard on a line with say Anthony Richard or, you know, uh, Mitchell Stevens, then that's pretty much saying, okay, you know what? We're going to send you to Laval. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like, like that's, that's pretty much what's going to happen. And that's fine. Right. Because, going to Laval and earning your way back up is, is totally fine. Like, right. That's, that's a completely normal trajectory as well. Uh, but, but it's going to be very interesting to see who gets those looks at camp when the other guys are injured. Um, you know, camp get kind of split into two teams. Um, you basically have four, say Monaghan's hurt. You basically have four NHL centers, right? Suzuki Evans will probably play center. I would guess. Uh, and then you have, uh, Doc and Dvorak, right? So whoever mm-hmm. gets on those wings um, are going to get long looks at NHL looks. And look, guys can surprise, right? Pazetta played himself into one of those roles, right? Uh, no one was expecting him to to make a name for himself at camp. So he, he has... You, you can you can still score goals next to other guys <laughs> and, and make a name for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, Ar- Ar- Arbor Jackai is a, is a good example of that, right? He was third pairing through most of the camp and earned himself a contract. Yeah. Um, you know, even he was playing with, with Xavier Ouellette. So you, you can make names for yourself uh, outside of that. But yeah, I, I think that the key for Ullinen and and the key for the Canadians treating him is when he's in the NHL, play him on the second power play. Put him on that, that half wall, which is where he plays in Laval, which is basically where he's the center of attention on the, on the power play. Uh, for better or for worse, right? Lot, yeah, I remember Syracuse was play, basically shadowing him with two guys uh, on the power play, and he couldn't get his shot off. Um, but but I think that you know that's going to be very interesting to watch uh, going forward, and um, the battle for camp and and you know limited spots. There's no there's no shame, even if a guy like Yuri Slikovsky goes to Laval during camp. There's no shame in that. Uh, Laval is going to be very good. There's going to be a lot of good players in Laval. And, you know, getting into a winning environment isn't the worst thing in the world for some young players. Uh, and, and being waiver exempt, like Primo is, like Ulanen is, not that, you know, it works against you in a way. But, you know, after the trade deadline, they're going to need bodies. Let's be honest here, right? They're, they're going to need yeah. bodies. Uh, you know, my, you know the, a lot of those veterans are not going to be there uh, the day after the trade deadline. And, you know, maybe he's earned a spot before that. Obviously, there's going to be other injuries. No one's going to stay healthy for the whole year. So it, it's – but but I think if we're having this conversation next year and we're not sure about where Jesse Olinen is, he's a guy who can get lost in the shuffle. And, and falls on the list big yeah. time. Like, there's no way if, – if we're still asking this same question next year, there's no way he's he's coming in at 12 again. Yeah. He'll still be eligible. But, I mean, for sure, I had him right at 12, which is where he landed on the list. And, you know, the, the potential is there, which is why I put him at 12. But again, like you said, if we're having these same questions next year, then it's, you know, it's, you know, at, at some point it's uh swear word or get off the pot. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, it, just like a few years ago, uh, they had a top scorer in the AHL who is struggling to make it to the NHL in Charles Houdon. And he was top five. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just the fact that Ulanen is still number twelve just shows the depth of this pool. Uh, and and the good news for the Canadians, not so much for for Yessi, but for the Canadians, 
is that if he doesn't work out, if Linden doesn't work out, they have so many other guys that yeah. can do it. And, and that's really the big thing with this this entire organization now is that they don't need Jesse Linden to succeed or Josh Brook or Ryan Paling, right? They have so many guys that if it's not, you know, Caden Gooley, maybe it's Jordan Harris. And if it's not Jordan Harris, maybe it's Matthias Norlander. And they don't need, you know, all of them to work out 100%. Uh, and now focusing on player development is going to make it more likely that all some of these guys do work out. Uh, and then you have a, a very interesting thing down the road. But I mean, yeah, I mean, th- at this time next year, if he's still struggling, then, you know, he can typically get passed by, uh, I'm looking at names below him on the list, by Kidney, by Harvey Pinard, by Meshack, uh, Heinemann, Kapanen, guys like that are going to... Uh, Owen Beck. There's... Yeah, Owen Beck, of course, yeah. Uh, even guys like Ty Smilanic and Vincent Rohrer, like those are guys that can step up big time next year. Yeah. Um, those are all, you know, Adam Engstrom is is a defenseman, but he's definitely not going to be forty next year, uh, judging by the start of his season uh, in, oh. in Sweden. Uh, and and also, you know, we have the whole twenty twenty three draft class as well, <laughs> which is going to be, you know, once you already has two first round picks, um, and uh, they should be high first round picks. And that just will move them down as well, right? So there, yeah, and there's a lot that, of, of of competition for that. That's spot. just now too, yeah, right? Exactly. You know that when they start unloading at the deadline, you know your Dadanovs, your Monahans, your your Dvoraks on the on the team. If if some of these guys, Mike Hoffman, even, I mean, if if some of these guys are still around at the deadline, I see them going, and I absolutely see Kent Hughes trying to stack as many of those 2023 picks as he possibly can. He yeah. did a great job at last year's deadline. I yeah, think everybody pretty not, much agrees on that. And yeah. they're, they're, he's going to go after those picks. He's going to hold people's feet to the fire. If he's got a piece that somebody really needs for their playoff run, he's going to get what he wants out of them. I, I got faith in that <laughs> after seeing that Ben Sherratt trade, man. He's going to figure something out. And then again, like you said, we're, we're going to have – I don't even know how I'm going to do a ranking next year with the amount, the sheer amount of players that are going to be in there. There's, <laughs> there's only one player right now who set or, or two players who are set to graduate from the ranking. I think it's Arvid Hendrickson and Michael Pazetta. I mean, those are the only two guys. Yeah, I think that's 50, it. Out of the fifty-one, fifty-two, <laughs> who are who are set to uh, uh, graduate in terms of age, there's going to be some guys who are no longer in your organization, right? Brett Stapley, technically, even though he signed with Laval, is no longer in the Canadians' top twenty-five under twenty-five. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's guys like that as well who are not going to get contracts or get traded or, you know, get bought out, stuff like that uh, as well. But, but in terms of, you know, there's going to be about f- at least figure 45 players on this list next year who are still on this list. <laughs> and then there's going to be uh, more draft picks, more prospects coming in in trades uh, because even if they don't get, you know, say first round picks, they might get prospects like uh, they did with Emil Heinemann uh, and Ty Smilano mm-hmm. last year. So yeah, lo- lots of uh, fun uh, stuff to come but uh that that does it for the the we're, we're down to the top 10 in mm-hmm. the top 25 under 25 and it, it's it's very it, it's a very interesting group um for me because you have the guys who have been in your organization organization for a while um who were in the top 10 last year uh guys like Sean uh Sean Farrell Jordan Harris 
Uh, Primo and Ulan, who we just talked about, were seven and eight last year. Um, mm-hmm. So they dropped a bit. Matthias Norlander was four last year. Uh, he dropped to 16. Uh, and then, you know, you have the returning guys from the top 10 uh, in top five, sorry, in, in Caden Gooley, Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki. Uh, and then if you, you know, it doesn't take a genius and we're not spoiling anything, uh, you know who's left. <laughs> Besides that, you have the newcomers, which is uh, Kirby Doc, Justin Barron, um, and then Philip Meshar and Uriah Slavkovsky. Um, I said those in no particular order, by the way. Um, just so you know, I'm just naming them randomly. Um, so don't worry, it didn't. I'm looking at the list, and you did you did a really good job making sure that you said them as out of order as possible. Well, I, I actually went back to last year's list so I can look at last year's list and name them in that order. Uh, so um, I, I was very uh, deliberate with that. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make myself influenced by where they are now. Uh, I am going to go back to last year, and uh, that's what I did. So, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how this shapes out, but this is the strongest top 10 that I can remember. Um, like I said, in any other – in last year, Primo and Ulan were in the top 10, top 8. And you can argue that they didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> the reason they dropped is because other players around them um, yeah. are just better or improved or were added. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see. But yeah, it's a it's a strong group. And and no matter how you feel, if you feel one guy is better than the other or or things like that, um, what is good is that it, it doesn't really matter who's right um, because in the end as long as one of them succeed, the Canadians will succeed um, in terms of getting a, a good player. So yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how this um, shapes out and, and what happens. And I know Patrick has some great plans um, for the, the top 10 uh, on this list, some good guests lined up as well. Uh, so you won't only have to listen to us uh, banter back and forth. Uh, Matt, thank you for uh, joining me on this. Uh, I, I say quick, but we've been going for about 40 minutes now so it wasn't as quick as as we expected it to be but uh thank you for joining me uh thank you all for listening and uh we'll see you next time on Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.